Thank you for listening to Tapping Into the Human, a podcast on addiction, recovery, and mental health, brought to you by The Albertus Project. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. Every week, you'll hear powerful stories from people about their journey with recovery and be inspired by individuals and organizations that are leading the charge in decreasing the stigma surrounding mental health and addiction. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Tapping Into the Human, where we're lucky enough to have Mary Beth O'Connor, who is the director of Life Ring Secular Recovery. This episode is going to actually be part of a series which is going to outline and discuss the differences between the various recovery groups and give you more information. Um, the hope of this is going to equip you with all the knowledge, tips, and tools you need to make the best decision possible for your recovery journey, as well as to help educate your loved ones. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of you as well as uh, Life Rank? Yes. Yeah, so I just actually just celebrated my 28th recovery birthday. And um, and I did it the secular way from the beginning. When I went into treatment in 1993, they told me that the 12 steps was the only way that I had to have a higher power. I had to agree I was powerless. I had to work steps. And that was um, not possible for me. Uh, I didn't agree with the powerlessness, but I'm also an atheist. So there was no way I was going to be able to make the higher power work. Um, and so it was really it was really sort of stunning to me that my sort of first day in treatment, they're telling me there's only one option and it's an option that you can't do. Um, so I really had to figure out how to handle that. And I decided to just listen for the ideas that might be useful to me and just ignore everything else. And that's what I did. Um, when I got out of rehab, I did go to the library because it's 1994 now, <laughs> no publicly available internet. I went to the library to see if there were options. And when I was there, I found SOS, which is Life Ring's parent. Life Ring broke off in 1997. And I found Women for Sobriety and I found Rational Recovery, which is now SMART. And so what I did was I read up, I mean, I read all the 12 step materials too and pulled what I could, but I read all the WFS and SMART and SOS materials and I went to meetings and I, I combined the ideas into a program that would work for me. And that's what Life Ring today would call a personal recovery plan. That's awesome. No, that's that's really cool. And I'm happy that you had the opportunity, especially you took it upon yourself to kind of scope and be like, okay, I like these sort of methods, but these are some of the other options. So for those of us who are not familiar with LifeRing, I know you mentioned that it was part of SOS, Secular Organizations for Sobriety, and it sort of broke up. What is the short summary of what LifeRing is and what does it offer? So Life Ring's philosophy is based around the three S's. And the first S is, of course, sobriety. Uh, Life Ring teaches that to be successful, you need to make sobriety your number one priority. And that, of course, means sobriety from all uh, drugs, including alcohol, except as medically indicated and taken as prescribed. So, for example, medication-assisted treatment for, um, for substance use disorder, which a lot of people take for opioid use disorder or alcohol use disorder, that can be taken and still be considered sober within life ring, as long as it's Amazing. as prescribed and as directed by a doctor. Um, the second S is secularity. So in a life ring meeting, we don't talk about religion. Many life ring members have personal, um, spiritual or religious beliefs and life ring has no opinion on that. But the, uh, the recovery approach is a secular approach. And the third S is self-empowerment. And so LifeRing believes that your recovery success is based on your own motivation and your own efforts, that you're actually not powerless, but you have to fight for your recovery. Uh, and, and that part of that is the idea of a personal recovery plan, which I mentioned that 
everyone, uh, the people walk in the rooms in different places. I mean, hopefully they all have the same goal of sobriety, but uh, you know, people have destroyed different parts of their lives. Some people may have still be working, but have destroyed their family relationships and someone else that could be the opposite. And so for that reason, among many, people have different um, priorities and different needs in their recovery. Many people also walk in like I did with a trauma history that might need to be addressed. Many people have mental health issues that need to be addressed. People have different personalities, different learning techniques. All of this is why the plan that's right for me may not be the right plan for you. And so in a life ring meeting, part of what's offered is suggestions. Members talk to each other and they can ask, they could say, for example, I'm going to a, my first event with alcohol. Anyone in the room have any suggestions how to handle that? Mm. But they are suggestions only because what worked for me might not work for you. So it's a source of information, but it's your job to filter those ideas and apply what will be useful. That's awesome. No, I think that that's really great. It's basically saying, hey, this is kind of my best practices and lessons learned, take it if you will. And I'm here to kind of support you through that. I think that that's fantastic. So you were just talking about meetings. How does a typical meeting go? Let's say like, I, I assume you guys offer virtual online. How long is it? What sort of the structure look like? So pre-COVID, we had around 200 meetings in the U.S., but of course now we are primarily online. Um, we did have online meetings prior to COVID, and once uh, the facilities fully open back up, we will have online meetings going forward more than we did before. A lot of our members have gotten used to them, and some right. prefer them. We also usually didn't have a meeting like, say, in Montana, and so it's a way for more people to participate. And the online meetings have allowed us to offer some specialty meetings, like we have um, two women's meetings. We have have workbook meetings, which is a, a tool to help you develop your personal recovery plan. We have LGBTQIA plus meetings, vets, all of that. Those specialty meetings will probably remain online, but we will eventually go back to, you know, a number, a lot of face-to-face -face meetings. In a life ring meeting, the goal is actually to not have massive meetings, but to have the meeting be of a size that everyone has an opportunity to share. So in Zoom, for example, we often have a, um, to break off into breakout rooms because the meetings get too large. And so okay. we'll have a convener take a sub group and move into a breakout room. And um, the purpose of a lifering meeting is to encourage what we call the sober self inside each person who's struggling with a substance use disorder. So usually you go around the room and each person gets, you know, an appropriate amount of time to share, although people can pass. Um, but they can talk about the goal of the meeting is is called how was your week so how did last week go did you have any challenges that you didn't expect that you want to talk about did you have some successes that you want to share with the group because the group's going to be really happy you know at any any small success is great and to be applauded and the other focus is what's coming up in the next week are there any challenges coming up in the next week that you want to talk about with the group Sometimes people just want to sort of um, say it out loud, like, here's a challenge, here's my plan. Sometimes they say it to hold themselves accountable. So next week they come back and say, did yep. you carry out the plan or not? Right. If not, what happened? Um, or they want to get suggestions from the group, as I mentioned. And so that's really the focus of the meeting. How was last week and how's next week? Okay, really cool. And how does it work? I know there's some like recovery dharma. I just attended a couple of meetings. You were allowed to if you had a family member or a friend who's suffering with addiction. With Life Ring, is a family member and friend of someone suffering allowed to attend? Those are only exclusively for those who are in recovery or active addiction. 
So the meetings are for people who are suffering from substance use disorder. I actually hold a monthly a meeting for friends and family. Okay. The main purpose of that is to really teach them about lifering because sometimes the friends and family member only heard of 12 steps. And so they can have concerns if their family member says, hey, I don't want to do that. I want to do <laughs> yeah. lifering. Okay, and maybe they're not sure is what is life ring is life ring a, a valid, you know, uh, approach for substance use disorder. So I give a monthly meeting where I go through what I call the nuts and bolts of life ring and I lay out the philosophy and the meeting and the books and I answer questions and a lot of times they have questions. We consider setting up a sort of a friends and family support group, but we haven't started that yet. But we are creating a list so that um, if we make that right. next step, we will. But at that meeting at that monthly meeting, I do give other resources for friends and family at that that meeting if they're interested. Great. Okay. No, that that's perfect. And I'll want to take that information down so we can share it after. Um, my other question is briefly before we started recording, you and I were talking about you have a close relationship with the director from Women's for Sobriety. So what is your relationship uh, like with other potential organizations, if not 12 Steps, Smart Recovery, all those different ones? Yeah, I mean, Life Ring, um, certainly we view the community as hopefully as supportive of each other as we can be. I have certainly done presentations where I was there as 12 step representative was there, a smart recovery representative was there. The goal for me is always to just inform people about what their options are, because I, I um, my belief is that if if the person struggling knows what the, what programs are out there, what peer to peer support groups exist, right. one or two of those is going to sound like, oh, that sounds like it'll be a good fit for me. Yeah. And yeah. they can they can try that and that their their odds of success will be greater if they're informed of their choices and they can pick the ones that they think will be right for them. And that doesn't always mean just one. You can do more than one. I did more than one. And LifeRing is 100 percent supportive of members doing other programs as well. Great. That was going to be my question. Can you attend a LifeRing and can you attend another meeting? You absolutely can. It, it is certainly acceptable in a life ring meaning to say, you know, when I was at this 12 step meeting yesterday, so, somebody said this, I thought it would be useful. It's not going to be like the room goes, oh, my gosh, <laughs> another program. No, if, yeah. if, if the member feels that like going to another program in um, conjunction with life ring will help them have a stronger recovery, then life ring supports that choice. Um, and so we're, we're absolutely supportive. And and for Women for Sobriety, yes, I have a close relationship with Women for Sobriety. They were part of my personal recovery. Um, and the CEO and I do a joint project where we do some joint interviews so that we can talk about life ring, Women for Sobriety. I'm also on the board for She Recovers and just multiple paths to recovery in general. And we we talk about challenge, challenges of running our organizations. Like when COVID um, hit, you know, we talked about how are you handling the switch to Zoom meetings and those yeah. kinds we share information and we support each other. Fantastic. No, that's great to hear. Um, the other question I had was, I know there's been some studies on like the effectiveness of like mm -hmm. smart recovery and it's basically been shown, hey, if you attend smart recovery, it's basically the same thing as you attend a 12, 12 step program. Do you guys have any studies on the effectiveness of what life ring supports? The, the only program that I knew that compared peer-to-peer -peer groups is probably the one you're referring to for SMART. So it's called the PAL study um, by Sarah Zemore, and she compared the effectiveness of 12 uh, AA, uh, LifeRing, SMART, and Women for Sobriety, and found that they are basically all equally effective. So again, that's why we focus on making sure people know what their options are so they can pick, have the right fit. Because if they... But if they have access to the program that's philosophically consistent with their beliefs or with their worldview, their odds of success are greater. But as far as in general, the peer-to-peer -peer support groups all have a similar effectiveness rate based on the data. 
Perfect. No, that's great information. And I know you said at the beginning, but for someone who's trying to, you know, weigh the differences or really understand, what would you say are the one or two biggest differences between a 12-step program and their meetings and life rank? Well, a 12 step program requires a belief in a higher power, and we are secular, so we do not. Um, a 12 step program uh, focuses on powerlessness, whereas we focus on self empowerment. So that's a distinction. And there, the other distinction is their meetings can get really large. And so people tend to just listen. We try to avoid that. We really want our meetings to be of a, of a smaller size, maybe 25 at most. Occasionally they get larger than that, but we try hard to have breakout rooms to prevent that. And in person meetings generally are able to contain within that size or else we would start a new meeting, you know, a different day of the week so that people have cool. options. Um, those are some of the distinctions. But, it, you know, for a lot of people, that, that faith-based approach is a good fit. And mm -hmm. um, we absolutely, I support it. Life Ring supports it. You know, our only concern is if it's ever suggested that 12 steps is either the only way or a better way, because neither one of those statements are true. But for some people, that is the absolute best fit. Right. No, 100 percent. That, that, that certainly aligns. I think that's part of the reason why we're doing this series is to understand, hey, listen, they're all, it's been proven in that PAL study, as you just pointed out, everyone is equal in effectiveness. So now you just sort of got to find the, find the best fit. And that might be one specific, or that might be a couple together. So I think that that's great. Um, my other question would be, does Life Ring have sponsors? I know in the 12 step tradition, that's very important to hold one accountable. Are there sponsors in the Life Ring program? So uh, we don't have sponsors. And part of the reason for that is because you each individual is responsible for her own recovery and the plan is individualized. The role of a sponsor in 12 steps is really to walk the person through the steps. And um, we do, however, have a book called Recovery by Choice, which is an analytical tool to help people develop a personal recovery plan. Um, it's divided into different domains like your feelings, uh, relapse prevention, your exposure to drugs and alcohol and your current environment. It helps the member it's, it's really um, a thought exercise, an analytical tool. There's like checklists and ideas and, you know, it helps them think it through. And we have workbook meetings, uh, LifeRing does on Zoom that, that are a way for people to work with a group through that workbook. So that's sort of a similar in a way to working the 12 steps through, but it's not someone telling you what to do. It's going to be a, a group effort and your individual decisions. The other part of sponsorship can be the personal relationships. Um, and certainly in life ring meetings, people develop personal relationships. I know when we had my in-person meeting, we had a phone list of members who were willing to give out their number and we would hand it to new members. I've seen life ring members develop, you know, offline personal relationships. Um, I certainly as a convener of a meeting, I'm always available to talk on the phone or, you know, meet by Zoom or have coffee if you're local. So that personal side of it, that personal support side is available through LifeRing as well. Fantastic. And I think that's the most important thing, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be an official sponsor, just someone who's there and, you know, if you have questions or support. So I think that that's great. Um, my last question before I ask you sort of advice would be, if someone, I've been getting a lot of questions like, hey, there's not an AA meeting near me, or there's not a smart recovery meeting near me. How do I go about starting a blank meeting? So if someone wants, someone lives in the middle of nowhere, Montana, let's say, and they want to start a life ring meeting, how do they go about doing that? So as long as a member has six months or more of continuous sobriety, they can be a convener for a life ring meeting. And okay. what they would do is they would contact the service center and tell them they're interested. They would have to go out and find the facility. Um, but life ring provides online. We have a lot of materials for new conveners. We have actually a workbook, a book 
how was your week that's specifically for conveners as to how to run a meeting, different issues that might arise, how to best help the members that are there, guide the meeting forward. Um, we have a lot of materials other than that on our website. And then we, they would get a starter kit, um, it, which includes the, the books and uh, the pamphlets. There's also, we have a convener email list. We have convener oh, yes. meetings every month um, with of different topics. We have a specific convener support meeting where conveners can sort of, you know, sometimes when you're running the meeting, there's not time for you to share how your week was. Yeah, so yeah. meeting just for the conveners yeah. so they can do that. So we have a lot of supports in place for someone who wants to start a local meeting. Amazing. Okay, that's really cool. And it seems like it's, it's you you guys know how to help those conveners get up and start the meetings, which is great. So my last question to you, Mary Beth, would be, um, what advice do you have some to someone who might be suffering or someone's family member or friend is suffering with addiction? What do you think is the best kind of course that they can do to support their loved one? Um, so to support the loved one, it's really going to depend on where that individual is in their process, the person with a substance use disorder. I mean, one of the things I do point out in the friends and family meeting is that I'm a friend and family too, right? I mean, I have, I have, ha my best friend died of, of a heroin addiction. I have family members and friends who have struggled as well. So I know the frustration of not being able to, you know, sort of push them hard to do what you think they should be doing before they're right. ready. And that is a very challenging situation for friends and family members. Um, one thing that friends and family can do is educate themselves about substance use disorder. I think that's a really big help so that they're realistic about what to expect either during, um, before the person's ready or even once they start recovery to understand that recovery is a long process, that it's you know a step-by-step -step improvement. Sometimes, well, some, sometimes the person recovery wants you know things to go quicker than they can and the yeah. family members often expect the process to go faster than it realistically like can that. yeah yes like oh in, in a year it'll be like i never used or drank right <laughs> no that's not that's not going to be how it works and right. so th that education can be important finding local resources so that when the person's ready you can say hey there's um there's an inpatient program over here there's an intensive outpatient program here or i know you know you're an atheist i actually heard about life ring and smart or women for sobriety they might be a better fit for you you know look take might want to take a look but you're not going to be able to say do it now you know here it is now i need you to do it now unfortunately isn't um an approach that works wouldn't but that be great if that just worked would, be like you're better <laughs> it, it would be great but you know if you you let them know that you love them i mean i've had to separate from friends but i've said when you're ready i'm here right when yeah. you're ready i'm here right now i can't no i can't lend you lend you money <laughs> though i can't you know let you live in my house but um i love you and i'm here for you you know when i can be of use please know that i'm here for you Love it. Well, Mary Beth, I've had such a great time chatting with you and we'll get hopefully more information about that family and friends group. But we'll make sure we link in the bio everything about Life Ring. But um, I super appreciate you being on the podcast. That way others can understand what options exist, that there are other options. If you're an atheist, even if you believe in a higher power, you don't yes. necessarily have to stick to 12 steps. So thank you very much for coming on and showing all the good that you guys are doing. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate the opportunity um, to share about life ring and multiple paths. Always my, my favorite topic. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. You can find more episodes of Tapping Into the Human and resources about addiction and mental health by following the Albertus Project on social media at Albertus Project and at www.albertusproject.org. 
Thank you.